to the Unhealing Podcast from Community Radio for Triple Z and Brisbane, Australia. You tune in to the Unhealing Show with Ken, Nathan, Liz, and Wendy, and myself, and, and MC Chosen. Can I MC Chosen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm nervous, And today in the studio we have Dr. Liz Martin. Hi, Liz. Hi, Kim. Hello, everybody. Liz is a health economist and health services researcher at the Queensland University of Technology. She has a background in public health nutrition with Queensland Health. And... Um, She's doing some research into health outcomes and what women think should be measured during their use of maternity services through antenatal care, birth and postpartum care. In other words, what women think about the whole birth process and the involvement of the health system. So welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Can we ask about something about you first, Liz, because I'm sure you're very interesting. Uh, tell, tell us about how you got into this research. Well, I've always really enjoyed working to improve the health of pregnant women and their bubbies and, um, and you know, really um, giving some attention to those hard times after babies are born. And so I did a lot of that work when I was um, a nutritionist with Queensland Health and gosh, that was 15, 20 years ago now. And then I started having babies. I've got three boys and so did my friends and it was one of my friends had a um, a breech baby which means that rather than the head facing down before it's born the bottoms in the in the birth canal and um, she she felt like her carers were taking control of her body and there wasn't a lot of shared decision making there and I'll never forget her face when she told me she found out that another woman who'd been in the same scenario had a completely different experience in birth in that her carers gave her a lot of options other than having a cesarean section. They spoke about having a breech birth, so delivering the baby through the vagina. And my friend was absolutely devastated, not because she had a cesarean section, it was because she had felt disempowered in that decision-making process. And so it was the experiences of myself and my friends like that that made me think, geez, <laughs> there's a lot to be said for the impact of birth on women's lives and how strong and confident they feel as mothers and, and in shaping the families that they want to shape. And I think families are like a micro-community. And so if women and the support people they have around them can shape their families in a positive empowered way then so can um, you know so can our communities be shaped in that positive and empowered way so that's what really got me interested in researching better ways to fund deliver and organize maternity services in Australia. I don't have all the answers, but I'm sort of in the middle of, you know, a big, big jigsaw puzzle. Can we talk, so you're, well, later on in the show we'll talk about how people can get involved in your current research, but can we talk a little bit about um, what you know about the expectations of, especially first-time mothers, because I know when I went into ch having a child that I knew nothing really about the whole experience and the health, health system just took over for me. Is that a common experience? It really varies. Um, it varies uh, depending on 
what kind of information and support you have around you in terms of how much your mothers and your sisters and your aunties and even the men in your life talk about their birth experiences um, so it really does vary but what we do know from research some of my colleagues um, uh, did a um, it's called the having a baby in Queensland survey program which I'm now involved in. So their 2010 research told us that women are really, they really care about the quality of the care and having access to choices and being involved in decision making, um, having access to a lot of information and they really care about the environment that they birth in. So that's what women are telling us through my colleagues' research. But what we don't know is Okay, so these are their expectations, but how does what does this mean, and how does this translate into well-being and and health goals? So, what does it mean for them to have um, their their important cares in the room for them while they birth, and what does it mean for them to be involved in shared decision making? Mm. And that's what I want to find out. Um, you know, is it about them achieving mental health goals or is it about um, connection and bonding with baby? Is it about breastfeeding or incontinence or pain? So women have expect ex expectations for the care um, and, and my research hopefully will translate into understanding further what that means. Um, for their well-being. You want to put a lot of, um, and perhaps families and society in general, put a lot of weight on that one event, don't they? You know, a child's life, you know, the child's going to be living with you for potentially 18 years, but there's so much weight on that one, and so much social pressure too, on that one moment going right, isn't there? Yeah. Again, I think it varies for different women uh, how much pressure they place on the birth experience and you know some people said to me oh Liz you don't need to worry about birth so much it's the parenting that's so hard <laughs> and while I agree that birth is a very short moment in time we know that women can have quite traumatic experiences that but then that then affect their ability to parent the way they want to parent and while Australia has really good um mostly healthy births where not many women or babies die during birth um, there's a large variation so there are some pockets of our Australian population for whom birth is pregnancy and birth is not going very well at all and there are Aboriginal and Torres Strait mm -hmm. Islander populations our ref refugee women and other marginalised groups and so if we can work out um, how to achieve health goals uh, not only for the whole population but particularly for our marginalized groups then we're um, we're boosting um, I suppose the confidence and the sense of empowerment for all women and therefore families and, and I believe our communities as a whole. Do you, can you tell us a little bit about how the health system currently deals with those cultural differences so um, Aboriginal birthing practices could be quite different to what Western women expect? Can you tell us about that a bit? Yeah, there are lots of uh, fabulous services, particularly for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women. You know, the Metro North Hospital and Health Service, which is the 
public health service includes um, Caboolture, Redcliffe and the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital, they provide a dedicated antenatal and birthing service for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women and um, the same at the, the Mata Hospital. They, um, they have a birthing on country program which is, it's really important for the Murray and Islander babies to be born into the communities where they feel most supported and mm. um, obviously parents and carers can choose the best place and it's great that our health services are becoming more attuned to the needs and cultural, um, what's culturally important to those groups. Yeah. Do you think, um, I don't know how much you know about the history of childbirthing in Australia, but do you think that the healthcare system with its focus on pa uh, patient-centred care, person-centred care, is getting more and more um, uh, flexible, I guess, in terms of what it can offer? Yes, I think so. I, I certainly think there's an intention to deliver person-centred care and I suppose that's reflected in maternity services there are something like 23 different models of maternity care on offer in Australia wow. don't quote me on that <laughs> but there's a lot like there's more than five so you can find the one that suits you is that what you're saying well depending on where you live yeah. and how much money you have um, yeah. which are the major limiting factors in Australia mm. um, so those types of care are not available to all women um, during pregnancy and birth but I think um, I suppose it's it's indicative of how maternity services are really trying to be flexible and experiment and identify what works what works best. Can you tell us a bit about your research? What's it going to find? Who, who do you want to be involved? Yeah, sure, Kim. So we've been talking about what pregnancy and birth is like for women and what their expectations are, but the puzzle piece that I want to fit into all this research is identifying really what health goals for women's bodies and minds they have during pregnancy. So what's important to them? Um, as the bubby's growing, what's important to them when they're birthing and in the postpartum period, so even up to 12 months after bubby's born. And when I say what's important, um, it's while I really, well, I do really want to hear about women's experiences, but what I'll be drawing out of them in these focus groups across Queensland over the next few weeks is what does it mean for their well-being and, and health goals? What are those experiences, um, how do those experiences impact their well-being? And that might be things like, you know, I've, I've mentioned mental health, but it might be um, their ability to breastfeed or um, their incontinence, so controlling pelvic floor after birth. It might be pain management during birth and, and afterwards, in those weeks afterwards. Um, it really could be a whole lot of things that I haven't even thought of. You know, I've I've thought of what my health goals were when I had my four boys and whether they were achieved and weren't achieved, but I really need to, and what, what I want to do in this research is speak to women across Queensland 
um, in focus groups across rural Queensland, up far north and in Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, Toowoomba, um, to, to, hear, to, to talk about their experiences and what it means for them in terms of achieving. So if you're listening and you're um, going to be having a baby in the near future, you might want to share your knowledge and your expectations with Liz so you can help make care better for other women. Is that what you hoped out? Yeah, so ultimately I'd like to develop a, a measurement tool and recommend that health services, maternity services use this tool to measure what matters to women. So all the things that maternity services measure may not actually be the things that are important to women. So currently they measure blood loss, blood pressure, whether you had a, a, a perineal tear, but are they measuring long-term breastfeeding outcomes, mental health, incontinence, these things I've already spoken about and so what happens when maternity services measure these things is that it, in, it informs how they can improve. So if I can hear from women, get their voice, translate that into uh, essentially a benchmarking and evaluation tool, then maternity services know how to be redesigned to uh, contribute to achieving women's goals. So you can do this through focus groups, is that correct? Yeah. Tell yeah. us about that. So the focus groups will be run over about an hour and a half and they're really quite open, informal discussions and I'm looking for women uh, who have had a baby recently in the last two years or so. They can be pregnant again and I want them to think back to their pregnancy, birth, and postpartum time and, and tell me what it was like for them and then I'll ask some more questions about what does that what were those experiences like for their well-being and so we've got two Brisbane focus groups scheduled and they'll be held at the Queensland Nurses and Midwives Union and that's at West End uh, 106 Victoria Street West End and they'll be held on the 21st of February and the 6th of March from 1 p.m. to 2.30. That's pretty soon. It is pretty soon. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. And so how here. do women get in touch with you to, I guess they need to register to come along? They can tell me they're coming or they can turn up spontaneously if okay. they want. Um, I have a Twitter handle they can contact me on. It's at uh, Elizabeth with a capital E, L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H. And the numbers two zero one KBR. I didn't think about my Twitter handle very well when I first joined. <laughs> didn't think about how important social media. No, I didn't. <laughs> and then I, you can call me as well. The usual way. We'll also put the information about your forums on our Only Human Facebook group Thanks. page, so people can find it there. So you tell us what you're going to do with your findings. What else can where else can listeners find out about the information that might help demystify the mothering birth experiments? There are quite a few sources of information. The Australian Federal Government has a website, and I can't remember what it's called right now. And I'm sure <laughs> the Queensland Maternal Health or something, something like that. I'm sure if you Google it, and um, I didn't do my background research, what these websites <laughs> are called. Is I'm doing a good job, right. but probably <laughs> there's there's one that I really want to speak. It's called Birthplace. 
and it's where you can find information according to specific birthing locations so if you are seeking a particular type of birth you can find out um, what um, what the birth providers in certain locations tend to um, what am I saying what kind of birth experience they tend to deliver so if you're trying to um, if you're seeking a facility that provides a certain type of pain relief you can look on birthplace for those facilities if you want um, to only look for private or only look for public you can look on birthplace and other uh, I mean I don't know a lot about the various birthing options because I went completely with the health system really was out of my control what are the kinds of options that women might think about if they haven't already? Well, there's the obvious one in terms of your mode of birth. Do you have a cesarean section or a vaginal delivery? Um, and then obviously the cesarean section could be an elective cesarean where it's timed um, within the last few weeks or an emergency one where you, you weren't planning on having it. I've had both kinds. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's the um, pain relief options. You could, um, there's a thing called hypnobirthing now. Um, it's probably, I should probably say it's, it's a technique. A hypno hypnobirthing where you use deep breathing and music and meditation. And then pain relief measures go all the way through to um, a, a gas. Um, a pethidine injection in the leg to an epidural and a spinal block um, and very few women are completely knocked out under a general anaesthetic these days but there's a whole range of pain relief options then there's options in terms of your birthing location so there's you could birth again if I go through the options you could birth at home under the care of a private midwife perhaps um, or a group of carers that you choose um, there's, there's public hospitals, private hospitals and within public and private you can birth uh, some of them have what's called a birth centre which perhaps uh, water birth might be an option or, or birthing in somewhere other than on a bed um, and the I guess the birthplace website provides a lot of information about those different um, facilities that that um, birth birth providers. Okay, and so also for listeners, what about you? Can we read some of your research you've already done? Have you done some um, writing in this area? Yeah, I've done some research around um, best. Uh, I suppose the best ways to perform a cesarean section. So there are some surgical techniques and perioperatives so before surgery and after surgery that give good um, infection outcomes so reduce the risk of surgical site infections across the wound so that kind of research is mostly targeted at the people who actually perform cesarean sections so yeah, perhaps you don't want to do that prior to having a cesarean <laughs> interestingly I um, when I was doing that research I wanted to actually observe a cesarean section myself and I wasn't sure how I'd go but it was fascinating. Um, I don't have any surgical training myself 
but I'd read so much that I really wanted to see it and I felt so honoured to be part of those women's and those babies' birth days um, and to, to see what it was like for them. From my personal experience, it was a little bit traumatic. They stick a curtain up so you can't see a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, and there are some of the options that it's good to talk to your care provider about whether you are squeamish, whether you want to be, um, whether you want it to be more of a visual experience so you can see what's happening. Um, it is nice to be awake and be able to hold your baby as soon as he's born though. Yeah, in some women, of course some women have different preferences and for some it's, you know, it's quite overwhelming and they're trying to deal with their own physical shock or emotion and there might be some uncertainty around holding a baby and latching to the breast for the first time and I suppose I um, amongst my friends I try and have those conversations I think it's good for for communities and for women to get together to talk about some of those more frank things around birthings so you can work out what it is that might work best for yourself and and then start having those conversations with your carers because every woman's different. Mm. Do you want to say your Twitter handle one more time? Liz? Sure. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> At Elizabeth with a capital E L I Z A B E T H two zero one KBR or you can call me at QUT on three one three eight six double one nine. Liz, we, you picked a Hilltop Hood song. This time I think we really do have it. Do you have a reason for this particular song? No, not particularly. I'm a bit of a closet hip-hop fan. Mm. Always love the Australian hip-hop. Um, I like the history of hip-hop. It's a bit about rebellion and cultural expression. and um, Yeah, I don't have a particular... They're all sympathy for Australian hip-hop, aren't they, MC Yeah, Jason? yeah. yeah. <laughs> So here it is, what is it, Nathan? Hill Topper. You are listening to the Only Human Podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4000 102.9 FM and sit digital on DAB Plus Radios. You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.